So on the 12th of February 2021, Penelope Jackson killed David Jackson, her husband, of 24 years. And so this is the outline, really, the timeline of that evening before we really get into this case. So Penelope Jackson, 66, attacked 78-year-old David Jackson with a kitchen knife at their home in Somerset on February the 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Jackson claims that her husband was violent and coercively controlling and that he had ruined her special occasion dinner. So on the 29th of April um, 2021 at Bristol Crown Court, she was sentenced to life in prison for the murder and was sentenced to a minimum of 18 years in prison. Jurors found her guilty by an 11, I think, or 10 to 2 um, verdict. Almost 11 hours of deliberation took place before that verdict came in. So Penelope, um, this was Penelope's fourth husband, actually, three times, and she stabbed him three times with a kitchen knife um, at her home in Somerset. Now, it was a lovely home and it's a lovely part of the world to live. It's not a cheap place to live. I'll tell you that now. It's a very nice place to live. So, um, you know, uh, she had a good life. Well, they had a good life together. They had a good retirement life together. Or so it looks, doesn't it, from the outside. So the, so the killing actually came about following a row of serving bubbling squeak with a gourmet meal. And I think the gourmet meal was lobster uh, and that I think the daughter had brought for them because everyone was on lockdown in this country so let's not forget we're on lockdown in this country I think this meal was sent in the daughter had brought it to celebrate um, a birthday or something so it was about a four-hour meal when it was done you know under zoom call and everything and then the batteries start to go and then they started rowing and this is then sort of what kicks off now and as the daughter says she rolls her eyes back and thinks here we go again right so it's this sort of thing that was happening there but this was a lobster meal and um, the row was over serving bubbling squeak with lobster so Mr and Mrs um, Potterton um, which is um, I think uh, Isabella and Tom Potterson are, I think Isabella is her child and is the stepchild of David. I think that was it. And they're the ones that then brought this meal or sent this meal to them and they're the ones then on this Zoom call on this time. But as they said that they believed that the row had blown over before really the call had ended and then it was sort of, you know, it carried on. And I think, um, this is the daughter that had the text message and I'll talk a little bit about the text message later on down the line but the text message you know because as this row was sort of in going on the girl you know put her eyes back and everything and thought here we go again they're row and you know bickering again between each other then the battery so she rung up see if her mum was all right mum said yeah shortly after that a text message from the mother to Isabella came through to say you know um uh, yeah, if everything goes tits up, sort of thing, then at least you've got this text message, right? So remember that bit. And a little while after, after that, um, there was a phone call made to 999 um, Emergency Services by David Jackson, 
uh, he was actually screaming and um, he'd been stabbed and then he, um, I think in the end he'd been stabbed three times and that's when um, <laughs> uh, Penelope Jackson took over the phone call and then that was it. But you with him now? Well, I might just go and stab him again. But... Alright, do not stab him again. Why? Alright, madam, I don't how many times have you stabbed him? Uh, three times. Three times, okay. Uh, once I thought I'd get his heart, well, he hasn't got one, and then twice in the abdomen. With any luck, you'll be too late. The police footage of Jackson's arrest recorded a killer who appeared entirely relaxed about what she'd done. Can I get my coat? Get the ambulance in, pronto. We need oh, CPR. Don't. No, no, no. And who had only one regret. Yeah, we should have stabbed him a bit more. I know what I've done. All right. And I know why I've done it. And if I haven't done it properly, I'm really annoyed. I think. That was really it on the facts of this case, I think, really, on what happened. And then you can see by the video clips and the other discussions I'm going to have in a minute what really happened here. So really, this is this case is uh, a murder case, but her defence, and I think this is what this um, video is really about, is her defence was about coercive and controlling behaviour. Um, and uh, whether it was this sentence is right whether this charge and this you know whether she was charged under the right thing and whether she her defense she used as coercive and controlling behavior um was the right one for her uh, or is she just a plain outright killer who used that as um an excuse to get away with murder and this is the second one i've done in this and i'll as we go through i'll talk about that more but really this is what this case is about it's about a 68-year-old woman that murdered her husband for 24 years, um, literally just over bubbling squeak. That's what it looks like. And then used um, coercive and controlling behaviour as a defence. It's down to you in this video if you think that she was telling the truth or not. Um, I'm going to tell you a lot of things. I'm going to go into a lot of different things about it, but the judge and the jury didn't think she did because they gave her the conviction of murder and they gave her a minimum of 18 years. Um, I'd like to know what you think about this case. It's a really interesting case because domestic abuse is a really serious thing and for someone to try and use an excuse of coercive and controlling behaviour as a defence and it may not have been is a despicable thing in itself to do. So let's see what you think about this case. So let's get on with it. Now this is the latest crime Actually, I don't think I can do this any quicker than what I've done it because I was so busy doing everything else. But this case has only been decided this year, literally a few days ago, Friday actually, Friday the 29th of October 2021. Today is the 1st of November 2021, so that's how quick this case has been out. Now this is a controversial case and this is going to start you all talking and I hope it does because it needs to be spoke about. And that was, I think she murdered him on the 13th of February, so one day before Valentine's Day uh, of this year, 2021. She stabbed him to death. Uh, and um, I'm going to show you some clips so you can understand where I'm coming from with this case. Now, as all of you know, I am a staunch supporter of 
domestic abuse charities and I put a lot of cases out here about domestic abuse and different things. I do. And I've also done cases which are going to come up in this video. Um, and the one, I think the latest one I done was on Sally um, Challen, Callen, sorry. Uh, I think that was a 2019 case. Um, same thing, coercive behaviour. This is because this new law coming in 2015. And we'll go over that because there's been a few updates as well on that. The other case that's going to come back into the light in this case is the Alla Wallier case. You know, the woman who set her um, her husband on fire. So that these cases are, are they need to be told or used in this case again. So if you haven't seen these cases, watch them because they're very, very interesting. But this case today is the case of Penelope Jackson. Was it murder? Callous murder? Or did she really suffer from this coercive, you know, um, controlling behaviour from her husband? So, let's see, because the court didn't believe her. Let's see if you do. I'd like you to say what you feel about this case and the other cases that we've brought up when it comes to this coercive and um, controlling behaviour defence. Remember, it's a defence now, this. So, before I go on, I want to just update you on the changes in law that's come in from the statute of 2015 on this. There has been some amendments made to this statute, um, and I think they needed to be made, so I just want to highlight them for you. There are also going to be slides up for you to have a look at, um, just in case, because these changes or these amendments needed to be done to the statute. So on the 1st of March 2021, the Minister for Safeguarding, Victoria Atkins MP, announced that the Government would amend Section 76 of the Serious Crimes Act 2015, and this was through the Domestic uh, Abuse Bill then. Um, with this amendment, um, the definition of the pers personally connected part, because it used to be personally connected, in Section 79 of this Serious Crime Act will be replaced with the definition of Part 1 of the Domestic Abuse Act 2021. Now the Government will also update the current statutory guidelines relating to controlling and coercive behaviour offences. So Section 76 of the Serious Crime Act 2015 provides for the offence of controlling and coercive behaviour where perpetrators and the victims are personally connected. Under the current legislation, personally connect, connected means um, intimate partners or former intimate partners or family members who live together. The amendment to the legislation removes the cohabitation requirement ensuring that post-separation abuse and formal um, domestic abuse is provided for when the victim and the perpetrator do not live together. Controlling and coercive behaviour is an insidious form of domestic abuse and this government is committed, they're saying, to ensuring that all victims are protected. It said they recognise that coercive and controlling behaviour may escalate following the separation. This is what we found when it comes to domestic abuse. It's very dangerous when you leave. They get pissed off, right? So they, this has had to be changed. And that members of the victim's extended family may be involved in control or coercion. 
So what they're saying is in section 76 is you no longer have to reside in the same property or household because many, many domestic abuse cases are bad, but they get even worse when the person, the victim, tries to leave. So this now makes it um, more um, easier to prosecute under this even if the person isn't living in the same property with you, you've separated and they are still using intimidation or anything else trying to control uh, or coerce you in any way. So it does help, right? It does help and it, it sort of broke down and I think it's all this intimate thing, you know, so it sort of brings in lots of um, extra ways that this sort of behaviour can be stopped. So this is a good thing and I wanted to highlight this before we go into the case of coercive and controlling behaviour with this Penelope Jackson's case. Okay, now Penelope Jackson, 66, attacked 78-year-old David Jackson, her husband, with a kitchen knife in their home in Somerset in February, 13th of February, 2021. Jackson claimed um, or Penelope Jackson claimed that her husband was violent and um, coercingly controlling and that he had ruined her special occasion um, by belittling her. This is why she says she's killed him. Now Penelope, now she stabbed David um, four times. Um, or was it three times? Anyway, she stabbed him once through the heart or she wanted to get through the heart but then as she said you know she didn't think he had a heart anyway you're going to see a clip in a minute which shows you straight after actually it shows you the phone call that she made to or David made first when she had stabbed him the first time um, that he rang you know really in a lot of pain and was seriously ill dying at this point when he rang the emergency services Penelope then took the phone off him and got on the phone and started to have a conversation with the 999 call handler and you'll see this and it's really relevant really I think when you see one you could say it was her state of mind there's a lot of things you could say about this phone call you know you know people's going to say oh but she was mad because she sounded mad and people normal don't do that well you know people normal do do it they do do murder and it isn't always about coercive control or this behaviour or domestic abuse. Some people just lose their shit and kill people. They really do. And Penelope was well known to love her white wine and everything else. And I think as you can, if you really look at this video, um, and I'm going to show it to you now before we actually carry on so you can actually see what I'm talking about with this woman, is that she, she was asked a question. Well, she wasn't actually asked a question. She just blurted everything out but she looked to me like she was a little bit intoxicated which she probably was because it was well known this dinner was four hours long um, and it was seemed cool um, by the daughter and who had sent a meal around because we're in lockdown at this time you know in, in the UK so a lot of people are going to blame this crime on lockdown a lot of people are going to blame this crime on coercive behaviour and a lot of people are just going to blame this crime on this woman not being mentally stable at this point and these were a lot of the things that were put to the judge and the jury at this trial and none of them worked out in her favour. But anyway, as you see by this, you know, shocking, really, um, display after she had just murdered this man. She sort of says, you know, I've stabbed him and I should have stabbed him again and all this sort of thing. And then she pauses. 
for quite a long while as she's thinking what to say and then she says watch it when she pauses so she's given all the spill and I did it because he was nasty he was nasty I stabbed him He's an aggressive bully and nasty and I've had enough. If you are, um, <laughs> you just killed someone because of their behaviour towards you, you know, and you'd had this behaviour over many, many years, you wouldn't need to pause to say what you thought about this man. Now I've interviewed and I've spoke to many, many people that have suffered domestic abuse and coercive behaviour and they can, it comes out, just it's just coming out, they want to tell you because they've bloody had enough and they need to get it out. Now this woman's just murdered someone and right from the off she's thinking of an excuse to use, right, she is, she really is and I think it's in them split seconds of when she's on this camera, you know, in the police cam that she was on body cam and it was the pause that done it for me. It was that pause where she had to think about what her reasons were for killing him. If you killed someone for a reason, you know it. Because you know it before you've done it. You absolutely know it before you've done it. There was another issue as well. And her daughter had said, and I think her daughter, and I think it was the daughter of her daughter, and she was brought up by David, but it wasn't her, his child, but he brought her up from young now she was the one on the phone at that point you know on this zoom call and they was eating this meal which was lobster by the way and um they was it was about a four hour zoom call the battery was going a bit low this that and the other and there was some issue over bubble and squeak now bubble and squeak is what we call leftovers really you fry it up and it's bubbling and squeak and there was an issue over because she was going to serve this and it wasn't right to go with the meal so this whole row this whole stuff was over nothing. I mean, to be murdered over bubble and squeak, you know, you're telling, you know, it's telling something, isn't it, really? But let's get back to the daughter. So the daughter said, you know, the Zoom call sort of ended, there was a sort of a row start and you could see it brewing, but it was normal for them to bicker, bicker, bicker. It was normal. It was, that was just normal. So the daughter rolled her eyes and thought, here we go again, this is happening again. A little while after that, she texted the mum, you know, you're alright, everything alright? And she said, yes, everything's fine. I'm fine. You know, what was she doing? What was going on in this property? Alright, we can say about lockdown, right? We can say this woman, she's been married to this man, so fourth husband she's been married to, so she understood about divorce, right? She hasn't got that excuse, she understood about divorce. She'd been married three times, she'd been with him like 24 years. He was 70 odd. You know, she was 60 odd. You know, you're talking about a couple here that have a life. They live in a very nice part of England, uh, not too bad off. You know, they had a bit of money. He would have had a good retirement fund and things. She was an ex-accountant, I think, or an administrator or whatever she was. But, you know, these were not, they're not poverty risen. There wasn't anything really to argue about. If you're having lobster for your tea, and um, your only issue is whether you're rowing over whether to put bubble and squeak with it. 
you know, it, there's some issues here with this case. There, there really is. So this is, I know it seems like I'm just talking about nothing, but I'm really trying to make you understand here that this man was murdered for no reason at all. Now, you can hear what we say, and I've said this with the Alibolia case, where you have this slow burn, right? Slow burn, we talked about it before. And that's where, with Alibolia, she took the abuse and everything, and hadn't gone to the doctors, she hadn't had medical stuff and everything, but she took abuse for about 10 years. Now, that's normal for people not to report abuse. People say, oh, why don't they report it? You know, it's normal that people who are suffering domestic abuse do not report it. And Anna Wallia was one of them. Plus, English wasn't her first language, her culture was different, it was an arranged marriage, this, that and the other. But we're even with Anna Wallia, she, he was leaving her. He'd had enough. He was leaving her. And in her mind, she took this abuse for 10 years. He was leaving her for somebody else. And she set him alight. She went and got the petrol two days before, so it was thought about, but she still got off. You know, she was charged with murder, convicted of murder, and then allowed out um, after a few years on manslaughter. That's what happened to her, right? So I understand when we're talking about domestic abuse cases that they're not always straightforward. You know, that case is still controversial to this day, and if you want to see the whole case on Anna Wallia, she's on here, I put a slide up about it. Then we have the Sally um, Cohen case or Callan case, sorry. Now, this was a 2019 case, and this is the first case, actually, that was held for the defence of uh, coercive behaviour. Um, and she murdered her husband, and she had been married to the one husband for over 30 years. They had divorced. They had divorced. He was in his million pound property, and she was around the corner in quite an expensive property herself. But he had said to her, let's get back together. And then she thought he was having an affair on the side, texting someone on the side. So she went out, she turned up at his house, I was going to have breakfast. She bashed his head in. But once he was dead, you see, with her, she shoved a tea towel down his throat. Now that kill is telling you something, isn't it? And then she wrapped the body up in an old pair of curtains or a carpet and put a note on top, love you went home to her own house, lived a normal life till the next day, then decided I'm gonna kill myself, and then she gave herself up. But she got off with, you know, <laughs> coercive control and this behavior and stuff for the years that she had endured from this man. And now, 18 months down the line, now we're now in 2021, and this was in February of 2021, when Penelope um, Jackson um, stabbed her husband to death and then wanted to go and finish the job, you know, really. And only 18 minutes that man waited for an ambulance. You know, we're talking about England now, you don't get an ambulance like that. 18 minutes. She didn't try and save him, even though the 999 call operators were saying, can you put pressure on the wounds, can you do this? She said, no, I'm not helping this man. I'm not, I'm not doing it. She let this man die. That's what she did. And then, as she comes out of the house and you see in these clips of this woman so blatant in what she's done I don't care what happens to me I'm compass mentis I know what I'm doing I'm killing him actually I'll go and stab him again 
No, 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 she says. Don't try and save him. I should have stabbed him more. So yes, I can understand from all that and, and from her behavior and everything that she said that there could have been coercive control in this relationship. There could have been. But my argument is with this case, and it is an argument really, and let's say it's a legal argument, shall we say, or you know, an argument that this woman knew what she was doing. This woman knew how to get a divorce because she'd already got divorces before. She knew how to leave a relationship. Or did she think that I could get out of this relationship? She's had a row, she's lost her shit, she's stabbed him, all right, he's pissed her off over bubbling squeak. They bickering all the time together. Bicker, bicker, bicker. This daughter says it herself. That's all they ever do. And she's lost it. She stabbed him once. Then he's, then she says, he says to her, well, I bet you wouldn't do it again. So she stabs him two more times. Now, does that sound to you like coercive control? I don't know if it does. I don't know if it does. This is an argument gone wrong. This is an argument where someone was drinking, because they're drinkers, and they like their wine and stuff like that, and don't we all, right? But it's when you've had a drink. There is no then excuse, is there, to stab someone and then think, oh, right, I need to get off with this, so I'm going to kill him anyway. Because this is what they think she's thinking. And she stabbed him, and then come out of the house and said, mm. I mean, you've got to see this video, it's just shocking to watch. But you remember, as she's saying all this outside with these police, there's a man dying in there. A man. Now this coercive laws and all this coercive behaviour laws, I'm telling you, I agree with them, I think they're wonderful. But they go both ways. Because just as many men are abused by women in this country, we've got terrible domestic abuse against men, whether it's man on man or woman on man, there's terrible, terrible abuse. Now this, you know, is a defence open to everybody, isn't it? This, you know, you can't have a law just for women. Because it doesn't just happen to women. But what worries me, if we're going to continue to use this sort of, um, you know, defence, where's it going to lead in the end? The other thing that makes me think about Penny Jackson's, um, motives here or to use this as an excuse right to use coercive control as an excuse because when her daughter ran you know after this row and the, the daughter's eyes rolled for oh here we go again and she rang the mum do you remember i said before and the mum said oh, i'm fine everything's all right now shortly after that phone call ended penny penny sent a text message um to the daughter and it read if it all goes tits you have this message. I love you to the end of the earth. Now she rang to check to see if her mum was okay and she was told she was. So what was going on in Penny Jackson's mind at that point then? If it all goes tits or tits up, right, what they say, if it all goes wrong, my plan don't work out. I think that text and um, the daughter didn't say it to get the mother into uh, trouble. I think the daughter said it because she felt this was the um, saying that this row was going on. She checked on her mum and this is what was happening. 
when you sort of send a text message back and you know if things all go tit tits up i love you you know if all things go wrong i love you at least you'll have this text message you're thinking of something aren't you you are thinking then of something that is going to go wrong you're going to do something that could go wrong meaning are you going to try and commit murder and get away using coercive control that's one of the issues with this case and I don't think I'm the only one that thinks this with this case and as I've said before you know I think this is a really good law that's come in I think it's, it's it can be used for the good but I also think it can be used as a defense um, for people that just want to get away with murder and I've said this before and I will continue to say this about this these sort of cases when they come up because they have to be scrutinized left right and center to make sure that people do not get away with murder and I think that Penny Jackson or Penelope Jackson believed that if she used that he was nasty he was controlling he was horrible she could get away with murder now, this is sort of how the evidence reads, but listen, as I've said to you before, in all these cases, we don't know, because we don't live, you know, and we don't know, do we, what's going on behind someone else's closed doors. We don't. And as I've said, people, the statistics show that people, a lot of people suffering domestic abuse, or coercive control, or having these people using this behaviour on them, do not come forward and get help. They do not, right? So we have all that. But then what we have to look at with this Penelope um, Jackson is that, um, did she know about it? She's an educated woman. Did she think after she'd lost it, there showed no remorse? And until this day, I don't think, I think even the judge said she hasn't showed an absolute ounce of remorse for what she's done um, to this man. Um, did she understand as using this as a, a defence could be right you know could win her her freedom she could have got away with manslaughter because that's what she pleaded after this video that she done you know on the webcam of the police you know that first as she was being arrested and put into the police car and the phone call with the 999 um, operators that had to listen to this woman you know talking about wanting to go and, and, and stab this man more no. well I might just go and stab him again alright do think... not stab him again why alright madam I don't how many times have you stabbed him uh, three times three times okay uh, once I thought I'd get his heart well he hasn't got one and then you know, she's then said, I didn't mean it. Didn't mean to kill him. Had a change of heart. You know, the minute you're arrested, you're in there, that's it, mate. You're, you're in because you've just took a man's life, a 78-year-old man's life. You've just took him. And now you're saying, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm going to plead manslaughter. I'm not, I'm not going to say I murdered him. There was no intent. Well, wasn't there intent? Wasn't there intent? Isn't that what the text, that text, if it all goes tits up? What does that mean then? If it doesn't show that you have intent, I don't know what it shows. So David Jackson, this retired Lieutenant Colonel, 
um, was married for 23 and a half years, 24 years to Penelope Jackson before she murdered him. David had previously um, held a knife, this is what the family have said, that David had previously held a knife and that he had abused his wife um, at a barbecue and the daughter was scared but this was done in 1998. 1998. Now listen, we don't know and as I said, shoot, we don't know. Do we? We don't know. There was other incidents, I think the police were called to the house on one other occasion um, because there was row over the remote control uh, you know whether to turn the telly up to what to watch from the telly you know, listen and I think the judges said it in this case you have a man and a woman that's been married for a long time now I don't know about you but I've been married nearly 40 years and I can tell you me and my husband row of course we do and sometimes we even row over what's on the telly because he wants to watch the football and I want to watch something else you know, that's it. Or I'll come in and say, oh, I wanted to watch that, but you're watching that. You know, you bicker, don't you? Because we're human. You know, you've been with these people for many, many years. Of course they've got on your bloody nerves. Of course they do. That's marriage. That is what marriage is. And I think this is what the judge in this case was trying to say. You, know, you don't have to kill someone because you're pissed off with them. You can leave. You can divorce, you can leave. If you don't want to live with them, you know, that's it, don't live with them. But bickering and a little bit of an argument and everything else is probably normal in any normal, healthy relationship. It really is. Now listen, I always say to my kids, because we've always had a dinner table, and I've always liked my kids to sit around the dinner table, because that's usually the only time, really, when we've had enough time to sit and talk to them, these kids, because we have lives and do other things, and so I love it. And when my kids were young, God, they used to you know, kill each other at this dinner table. But it's a form of communication, isn't it? It's a form of communication. They're rowing over something, they're talking over something, we're discussing what's happened in the week, in the day. This is what happens. Now this dinner that these pair were having, they'd been married 20 odd years. You know, they're old, they're sitting their waist. She was, and I'll go into her in a little bit about what she was meant to be like. It's normal, isn't it? The daughter said, it's normal. It was normal for them. They were always bickering. She rolled her eyes. Well, here we go again. It's normal. So what changed on that night? It couldn't have been just dishing up bubbling squeak. Something else there. But they was known to have a drink and she was certainly known, as I've said before, to like her white wine. Now, you know, the minute you start to row and you add then alcohol or anything else into the mix things can get messy and I think this is maybe what's happened here right so maybe no she didn't sit there and think go out of her way if you want to give her that to murder him but I think this text message showed that there was some intent to do something that night so anyway let's have a look at this clip and then we'll go into about Penelope Jackson. Hey, madam. Do you want to just step outside for me a minute? Can you, can you come outside? Yes. Thank you. He's on the kitchen floor. Okay, at this moment in time, okay, if you just listen to my colleague, um, under arrest suspicion of attempt murder, mate. Under arrest. I stabbed him. Because he's a. No, I'm going to send them all out. 
he's an aggressive bully and nasty and I've had enough and when he said you wouldn't do it I did it twice more okay are you with the patient now well I'm in the lounge how many times have you stabbed him? Um, I did the once. You did the once? And then he said I wouldn't do it again, so I did it twice more. So, okay. So in total, how many times? Uh, three times. Three times, okay. Uh, once I thought I'd get his heart, well, he hasn't got one, and then twice in the abdomen. It is the night before Valentine's Day, and at her home in Somerset, Penelope Jackson is about to be arrested for murdering the man she's been married to for 24 years. Yes, thank you. He's on the kitchen floor. Okay, at this moment in time. On the kitchen floor, her husband, David, a 78-year-old retired Lieutenant Colonel, is dying. He was the one who called 999 after his wife stabbed him with a kitchen knife before she took over the call. Are you with him now? Well, I might just go and stab him again, but... All right, do not stab him again. Why? All right, madam, I don't how many times have you stabbed him? Uh, three times. Three times, okay. Uh, once I thought I'd get his heart, well, he hasn't got one, and then twice in the abdomen. With any luck, right. you'll be too late. The police footage of Jackson's arrest recorded a killer who appeared entirely relaxed about what she'd done. Can I get my coat? Right, get the ambulance in, pronto. We need oh, CPR. Don't. No, no, no. And who had only one regret. Yeah, we should have stabbed him a bit more. I know what I've done. All right. And I know why I've done it. And if I haven't done it properly, I'm really annoyed. Now, this Penelope Jackson, right, was known as and a lot of people have said it, as this larger-than-life character who would enjoy making people feel uncomfortable. Now, this isn't David we're talking about now. This is Penelope Jackson. You know, the killer. Not the victim. The killer. It said, this is what's been said about her. This larger-than-life character. Larger-than-life likes to make people feel uncomfortable. That's what they're saying about this girl. Now, I mean, when you look at them, now you've seen this video, tell me what you think about that. Does her character come across like that? I mean, you have just killed someone here. You know, this woman likes to be the center of attention. She likes it all to be about her. Well, it's certainly all about her now, isn't it, really? So she got what she wanted in that way. Now we have, I think, also Penelope's, um, or David's brother, actually, that has said that he believed that David was this horrible man, you know, dictative and sort of, you know, manipulative man and this, that and the other. And he feels for Penny, uh, Penelope, and he feels that he will stand by her. But he wasn't called on a witness in the trial. Now, he wasn't called a witness in the trial as a defence witness. Why not? And the reason why is because he's probably the reliance on what he's got to say. Now, I'm not saying the man is telling untruths. I'm saying the reliance in court on this man, because I'm telling you, if I was a defence, and I mean, she had 
a good defence lawyer, this woman. I would have assumed mm. the first thing you've done is if you've got a member of the husband's family to come forward and give evidence, that's what you would have took because that would really have helped secure your story of um, being a, a victim of coercive behaviour, wouldn't it? So I don't know why they wouldn't use him unless you would assume that he's maybe only saying that because he and his brother David had some sort of falling out a good few years ago over at the inheritance and money of their mother. So you could say under cross-examination, if you was going to cross-examine someone, because if you're going to stand up and give evidence, then you are going to be cross-examined. And so you better have your story straight. And would it want to come across as that you was only saying this because you didn't like your brother because of previous things that he had done in relation to money and inheritance. Now, not saying that's the case, but I'm saying that's probably why he was not called as a witness. Because as I said, you can be a defence witness, but you will be cross-examined. And your motives for giving that, especially about your own brother, um, you know, are going to be looked at. So then you have David's sister coming forward now, saying no, absolutely not. He wasn't like that at all. The only bully, the only bully in that relationship was, and the manipulator, was Penelope Jackson herself. She was a bully. Everything was about her, her, her. So you can see where this case is going, can't you? You have now people coming out of the woodwork because without a doubt, this woman's going to appeal this case because the same Sally Callan did and she's going to appeal this case because, you know, she wasn't heard right. The case wasn't understood. We don't understand, do we, about coercive behaviour and stuff. So they want to tell us some more. So let's see if this man now, if it ever goes to appeal, which I'm sure it will, and if the appeal is granted, let's see if it will, probably will be, um, if now the brother of David comes forward in that. I can't see it happening because, you know, you might have one good defence lawyer, but you're also going to have a very good prosecutor that doesn't want to lose this case because actually, to tell you the truth, the case was actually quite good, really, from the, you know, I don't always say that, but it actually was. The prosecution done a very good case here. Yeah. They brought up facts in this case. And of course, they went through lots and lots of stuff. We wasn't privy to what went on in the courtroom, but I can assure you it would have been thorough. It would have been thorough. So do I believe... Um, uh, um, Penelope Jackson well I'm not going to say but I think you can assume I, we can't be sure can we we can't be sure I think so I'm going to agree not to say anything but in any argument or in any discussion like we're having here everything has to come out so I really would like to hear your points of view on this case because you've had this woman now He's been married to someone for 24 years. You've murdered someone. You've, you know, <laughs> you've took his life. Now that your life's over and you've upset your kids and every, all your whole life has changed. You've changed your children's life. You've changed his children's life because he was married before. He had other children. You know, you've changed a lot of lives here. Murder changes things for a lot of people here. And I think what the judges said is that you are trying to diminish this man's character 
because this man David is not here to defend himself. So someone's got to, surely. Now if it wasn't for the slight message of the text and if it wasn't for the, um, the circumstances around this case, right, which lead me to believe that maybe this the decision was right um, in this case, we don't know. Do I believe this man was a great man and he did nothing wrong? No. I, I, I don't believe that about anyone, man or woman. I just don't. But do I believe that we should allow people to get away with murder? No, I don't. Because murder is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing, murder. So yes, we want to uphold the laws. We want to support people in domestic abuse. If we continue to let people off that, you know, with this sort of laws in place, we are belittling the law. We're making a mockery, actually, of this statute and everything that this statute represents. This whole um, coercive behaviour act and all this domestic abuse act has to be used in the right way. It has to be used for the right reasons. You can't just jump on board and think you're going to use it as an excuse to get away with murder because you're not helping any victims that's coming up after you because how much do we really think the public is going to take and let's change this circumstance around a little bit now shall we and if we think okay we have a man now that's saying that he has been you know um, coerced into doing something this behavior this abuse this, you know, domestic abuse against him. So he picks up a knife and he stabs the woman. And then she says, oh, I bet you wouldn't do that again. So he stabs her two more times. And he goes into court and he tries to use coercive behaviour as a defence. How do you think that's going to work? So this is what we're opening the door up here. This is why I want to do this case. Listen, there's so much going to come out more about this case. Without a doubt, this case is going to go to an appeal because she wants to get away with murder. And she does. That's what she wants. She wants it dropped to manslaughter. She'll then come out with time served. That's it. She's done. Living her life. She's happy. That's what will happen if this woman goes for an appeal and wins. That's what happened. To Sally Callan, that's what happened to Alawalia in the Alawalia case, and that case to this day is still splitting people down the middle. You could have a whole room full of lawyers, and I've said this before. And when you bring up that case, or you bring up now the Sally Callan case, and probably if you brought up this case now, Penelope Jackson case, the room would be split. It would be split, and it wouldn't be all women on one side and all men on the other. It wouldn't be, because I'm a woman, and I know about domestic abuse, I've worked with it, we do so many cases on it, I'm a great supporter in making sure that women's rights and men's rights, when it comes to being abused like that, are protected, and that people get the justice that they deserve, and the sentences that they deserve as well. So it's not about a woman versus a man thing, this is about whether Penelope Jackson killed a man and used coercive control and this behaviour as an excuse to get away with murder. 
So I'd love to know your comments on this case. I know it's controversial. I know it. I know it. But we have to discuss it. It has to be out there. We have to know what you think. And then we'll be talking about this in a, um, not this week, but next week in the um, Let's Have a Chat About Murder. Because I'm really interested in your comments. I'm really interested. Now listen, domestic abuse is a big issue all over the world. Big issue all over the world. It's not getting any better, right? It's not. You know, we have domestic homicides all the time. We have people, you know, um, being hit. And I think, listen, and I know that when we was in lockdown, you know, it got worse. It got worse. Absolutely, it got worse. And maybe, just maybe, Penelope Jackson is a victim of coercive behaviour. But if she was, it was not proven in court. And that's why she was given 18 years for murder. Because what they're saying is that she planned it. And I think that little bit of text message was enough to convict her of murder. So, thank you for watching this case. I'm hoping, I know we're going to get a load of comments on this one. I'm really looking forward to reading your comments. You can catch up on this case, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday on um, like Q&A with uh, Murder Mornings. And we'll be discussing this case and the next case that's coming out. But I'm, I haven't done it yet, so I have to wait for that one. Um, so, that would be interesting. I'm, I mean, listen, domestic abuse. It's such a serious thing, you know, and as you know, I do so many cases on it and domestic homicide and different things like this. So I'm really interested in what you think about this case, really. I'm really interested. You know, I don't know with this case, so I'm a, maybe a bit hard on her, but I'm probably a bit hard on everybody when it comes to this because I think, you know, you have to believe a jury um, that they heard every evidence that we wasn't privy to. But... You know, from now I think you can tell a lot by the videos of her on that night. I think you can and you can tell a lot when people sort of speak about her. But we don't know, do we? We wasn't there. So, thank you for watching this case. If you enjoyed this case, found this case interesting, please subscribe. You can put your thumbs up. You can hit the bell button for notifications. You can follow this on Spotify. You can follow us on Facebook where I put little clips from the videos before they're uploaded onto YouTube. Um, there's lots of different ways that you can contact us. So, thank you for watching. Until the next time, bye-bye.